Right here on VOA1, The Hits. Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from The Voice of America. I'm Dan Friedel. And I'm Katie Weaver. This program is aimed at English learners. So we speak slowly and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. Today on the show, Dan here explains what to expect and not to expect at the Super Bowl this weekend. Faith Perlow brings us Ask a Teacher. She talks about the words soar and surge. And we close the show with an American story. We will hear the third and final part of The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. But first, I have a celebration to talk about. On February 10th, Asian American communities around the world will ring in the Year of the Dragon. Some Lunar New Year celebrations will be public, like parades and fireworks. But families will also gather for private parties. The Lunar New Year is a major holiday in several Asian countries and people celebrate over several days or even weeks. It is called the Spring Festival in China, Tet in Vietnam, and Salau in Korea. The holiday begins on the first new moon of the lunar calendar and ends 15 days later on the first full moon. Because the holiday is based on the moon, it falls somewhere between the end of January and the end of February. The lunar calendar is based on 12 animals of the Chinese zodiac. The animals are rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. In the Vietnamese zodiac, the cat replaces the rabbit, and the buffalo is in place of the ox. For 2024, it is the year of the dragon for both. One well-known ancient story speaks of Nian, a terrible monster that eats human flesh on New Year's Day. But Nian has some fears that weaken him. He fears the color red, loud noises, and fire. So Lunar New Year activities include putting up red paper dragons on the doors of homes. People also burn red lanterns all night and set off firecrackers to chase away the monster. To this day, the Lunar New Year celebration is centered on removing bad luck and welcoming all that is good and successful. 
Red is considered a lucky color to ring in a new year. In many Asian cultures, the color symbolizes a good future and joy. People wear red clothing, decorate their homes with red paper lanterns, and use red envelopes to present loved ones with gifts of money. Gambling and playing traditional games are common during Lunar New Year among celebrants around the world. Ancestor worship is also common during this time. Many Korean families take part in a ceremony called chare. Female family members prepare food and male members serve it to ancestors. The final act involves the entire family sharing a meal and asking for help from their ancestors for the coming year. Vietnamese culture holds a similar tradition. People cook traditional dishes and place them on a home altar in honor of their ancestors. Members of Asian American communities around the U.S. also organize parades, parties, and other events around the Lunar New Year. Lion and dragon dances are common, as are fireworks, traditional food, and cultural performances. People do special cleanings of their homes and decorate using orchids and other brightly colored flowers. Each culture has its own special foods for New Year celebration, including dumplings, rice cakes, spring rolls, tangerines, fish, and meats. In Chinese culture, for example, Changshu Mian, or long life noodles, are eaten with a wish for a long, healthy, and happy life. Koreans celebrate with dakguk, a soup that contains thinly sliced rice cakes. And Vietnamese culture has banchang, a traditional dish made from rice, mung bean, and pork belly. The dish is usually covered with banana leaves, shaped into a square, and tied up with strings for steaming. The gambling industry expects this Sunday's Super Bowl game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers to smash betting records. The American football game is the National Football League's championship game. The game is played in Las Vegas, Nevada for the first time. The city is known for its casinos and places to gamble. The American Gaming Association, AGA, said Tuesday 
that it expects Sunday's game to be the busiest ever for betting. The AGA says nearly 68 million American adults, or about one in four, will bet on the game. For a long time, Las Vegas was the only American city that permitted sports gambling. After a 2018 decision by the Supreme Court, sports gambling is now permitted in 38 states. However, most of the Super Bowl bets will be made illegally, with people who take bets privately, known as bookies. The AGA estimates over $23 billion will be bet on the game this year, but only $1.5 billion of the bets will be legal. Last year, the total number was $16 billion. Chris Grove is with Eilers and Kretschik, a company that follows the gambling business. He said, There's a good chance that every Super Bowl for the next 10 or so years will be the most bet Super Bowl, thanks to the underlying growth of sports betting in the U.S. You can bet on all kinds of things in American casinos, and through online sports betting apps and websites. The easiest bet is on the winner of the game. About 47% of bettors think Kansas City will win, and 44% think San Francisco will win. But there are other ways to bet, too. People can make a bet on the outcome of individual plays. For example, people can bet whether the play will result in a score, like a touchdown or a field goal. They can bet whether the offensive team can move the ball forward by only one or two meters. Or they can bet that the defensive team will take away the ball with an interception. But there is one thing you cannot legally bet on, at least at American casinos. If Taylor Swift will make it to the game, and how many times she will appear on television. Swift has been at several Kansas City Chiefs games this year to cheer for her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, one of the team's best players. Swift is performing in Japan on Saturday, February 10th. Many expect the superstar to fly across the Pacific Ocean to get to the Super Bowl game a day later. In the U.S., most legal bets are limited to what happens on the field. However, casinos and other gambling sites outside of the U.S. permit more wide-ranging bets. For example, it is possible to bet on the color of the Gatorade drink that will be dumped on the winning team's coach. Other sites may permit people to guess how long the U.S. national song, The Star-Spangled Banner, will be. Reba McIntyre is performing the song before the game this year. John Ewing works in public relations for BetMGM. He said, It is better to permit bets on events that have a clear outcome. We want it to be either it won or it didn't win, he said.
I'm Dan Friedel. This week on Ask a Teacher, we answer a question about the difference between surge and soar. Hi, my dear teacher. I'm Hamid from Iran. What is the difference between surge and soar? Can they be used interchangeably? Much obliged, Hamid. While surge and soar have a similar verbal meaning of rising or increasing quickly, there are some big differences. Let's look at each word with some examples. As a verb, surge means to rise or increase very quickly in an abnormal way. Food prices surged due to inflation. Surge can also mean to rise rapidly and fall quickly. The boat was surging through the water during the storm. When talking about something coming in waves, we can use surge. The waves surged to the shore as the hurricane approached. Caitlin's emotions surged as she accepted her award. And lastly, as a verb, we use surge to talk about physical things like electricity or water moving rapidly through something and with force or power. Electricity can surge through electronic devices unexpectedly, causing damage. As a noun, the most basic meaning is a powerful rise or increase in something that was once steady or not moving. This could be physical things like water or power, or it could be more abstract like your feelings. There has been a surge of interest in American football from young women due to Taylor Swift. The storm surge left residents along the coast unable to return to their homes for months. Surge protectors can keep computers and other electronics safe during thunderstorms. Carol felt a surge of sadness move over her when her dog died. Let's move on to soar. Much like surge, soar is a verb that can mean to rise rapidly. However, soar is used mostly to talk about a position, value, or price. Pat's blood pressure always soars to 140 over 90 when she goes to the doctor because she is worried. 
stock prices soared after the new CEO of the company was announced. Soar can also be used to talk about things that fly, like birds or planes. The geese soared in formation as they flew south for the winter. The skydiver felt as though she was soaring through the air after she jumped out of the plane. And lastly, soar means to rise or move to a higher state. This can be physically, like a voice, or abstractly, like your spirits or feelings. It can also be used to talk about how tall or high things are. The singer's voice soared over the other members of the choir. Her spirit soared when she learned of the good news. One World Trade Center soars above all other buildings in New York City, standing at a height of 541 meters, or 1,776 feet. Please let us know if these explanations and examples have helped you, Hamid. Do you have a question about American English? Send us an email at learningenglish at voanews.com. And that's Ask a Teacher. Thank you for joining me over the past two years. I have enjoyed answering your questions. I hope that your English skills soar ever higher. Take care. I'm Faith Perlow. Now, the Learning English program, American Stories. The Fall of the House of Usher, Part 3. I was visiting an old friend of mine, Roderick Usher, in his old stone house, his palace, where a feeling of death hung on the air. I saw how fear was pressing on his heart and mind. Now his only sister, the Lady Madeline, had died, and we had put her body in its resting place in a room inside the cold walls of the palace, a damp, dark vault, a fearful place. As we looked down upon her face, I saw that there was a strong likeness between the two. Indeed, said Usher, we were born on the same day, and the tie between us has always been strong. We did not long look down at her, for fear and wonder filled our hearts. There was still a little color in her face, and there seemed to be a smile on her lips. 
we closed the heavy iron door and returned to the rooms above, which were hardly less gloomy than the vault. And now a change came in the sickness of my friend's mind. He went from room to room in a hurried step. His face was, if possible, whiter and more ghastly than before, and the light in his eyes had gone. The trembling in his voice seemed to show the greatest fear. At times he sat looking at nothing for hours, as if listening to some sound I could not hear. I felt his condition slowly, but certainly, gaining power over me. I felt that his wild ideas were becoming fixed in my own mind. As I was going to bed late in the night of the seventh or eighth day after we placed the Lady Madeline within the vault, I experienced the full power of such feelings. Sleep did not come. While the hours passed, my mind fought against the nervousness. I tried to believe that much, if not all, of what I felt was due to the gloomy room, to the dark wall coverings which in a rising wind moved on the walls. But my efforts were useless. A trembling I, I could not stop filled my body, and fear without reason caught my heart. I, I sat up, looking into the darkness of my own room, listening. I do not know why to certain low sounds which came when the storm was quiet. A feeling of horror lay upon me like a heavy weight. I put on my clothes and began walking nervously around the room. I'd been walking for a very short time when I heard a light step coming toward my door. I knew it was Usher. In a moment I saw him at my door, as usual, very white, but there was a wild laugh in his eyes. Even so, I was glad to have his company. And have you not seen it? He said. He hurried to one of the windows and opened it to the storm. The force of the entering wind nearly lifted us from our feet. It was indeed a stormy but beautiful night and wildly strange. The heavy, low-hanging clouds which seemed to press down upon the house flew from all directions against each other, always returning and never passing away in the distance. With their great thickness they cut off all light from the moon and the stars, but we could see them because they were lighted from below by the air itself which we could see rising from the dark lake and from the stones of the house itself. You must not, you shall not look at this, I said to Usher as I led him from the window to a seat. This appearance, which surprises you so, has been seen in other places, too. Perhaps the lake is the cause. Let us close this window. The air is cold. Here is one of the stories you like best. I will read, and you shall listen, and thus we will live through this fearful night together. The old book which I had picked up was one written by a fool, for fools to read. And it was not, in truth, one that Usher liked. It was, however, the only one within easy reach. 
he seemed to listen quietly. Then I came to a part of the story in which a man, a strong man, full of wine, begins to break down a door, and the sound of the dry wood as it breaks can be heard through all the forest around him. Here I stopped, for it seemed to me that from some very distant part of the house sounds came to my ears like those of which I had been reading. It must have been this likeness that had made me notice them, for the sounds themselves, with the storm still increasing, were nothing to stop or interest me. I continued the story, and read how the man, now entering through the broken door, discovers a strange and terrible animal of the kind so often found in these old stories. He strikes it, and it falls with such a cry that he has to close his ears with his hands. Here again, I stopped. There could be no doubt this time I did hear a distant sound, very much like the cry of an animal in the story. I, I tried to control myself so that my friend would see nothing of what I felt. I was not certain that he had heard the sound, although he had clearly changed in some way. He had slowly moved his chair so that I could not see him well. I did see that his lips were moving as if he were speaking to himself. His head had dropped forward, but I knew he was not asleep, for his eyes were open, and he was moving his body from side to side. I began reading again and quickly came to a part of the story where a heavy piece of iron falls on a stone floor with a ringing sound. These words had just passed my lips when I heard clearly, but from far away, a loud ringing sound, as if something of iron had indeed fallen heavily upon a stone floor, or as if an iron door had closed. I lost control of myself completely and jumped up from my chair. Usher still sat moving a little from side to side. His eyes were turned to the floor. I rushed to his chair. As I placed my hand on his shoulder, I felt that his whole body was trembling. A sickly smile touched his lips. He spoke in a low, quick, and nervous voice as if he did not know I was there. Yes, he said, I heard it. Many minutes, many hours, many days have I heard it. But I did not dare to speak. We have put her living in the vault. Did I not say that my senses were too strong? I heard her first movements many days ago, yet I did not dare to speak. And now that story. But the sounds were hers. Oh, where shall I run? She is coming, coming to ask why I put her there too soon. I hear her footsteps on the stairs. I hear the heavy beating of her heart. Here he jumped up and cried as if he were giving up his soul. I tell you, she now stands at the door. The great door to which he was pointing now slowly opened. It was the work of the rushing wind, perhaps, but no. 
Outside that door a shape did stand. The tall figure in its grave clothes of the Lady Madeline of Usher. There was blood upon her white dress, and the signs of her terrible efforts to escape were upon every part of her thin form. For a moment she remained trembling at the door. Then, with a low cry, she fell heavily in upon her brother. In her pain, as she died at last, she carried him down with her, down to the floor. He, too, was dead, killed by his own fear. I rushed from the room. I rushed from the house. I ran. The storm was around me in all its strength as I crossed the bridge. Suddenly a wild light moved along the ground at my feet, and I turned to see where it could have come from, for only the great house and its darkness were behind me. The light was that of the full moon of a blood-red moon, which was now shining through that break in the front wall, that crack which I thought I had seen when I first saw the palace. Then only a little crack. It now widened as I watched. A strong wind came rushing over me. The whole face of the moon appeared. I saw the great walls falling apart. There was a long and stormy shouting sound. And the deep black lake closed darkly over all that remained of the House of Usher. That's all the time we have for today's show, but join us again tomorrow for another VOA Learning English program. Thanks for listening. I'm Katie Weaver. And I'm Dan Friedell.